Good evening, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the Lampo Show podcast. I am Tina Lampo, digital content creator, entrepreneur, and your host. The Lampo Show podcast is a platform where the good, the bad, and the ugly of intercultural relationships and long-distance marriages between American women and men from the continent of Africa can openly and truthfully be discussed. Today on the show, we have Miss um, Hackney Hillens with us. She goes by Hackney. So we are going to allow Miss Hackney to introduce herself to the audience and then we'll jump into the interview. Miss Hackney, if you will, introduce yourself to our audience, please. Hello, you guys. My name is Shalina Hackney. And the reason I go by Hackney Hillens because I just started a nonprofit and I want to start it from here in the United States. And eventually I want to pray that it goes over to Africa. So that's why I wanted to have the name Hackney Hillens. I am a mother of four. I have one minor and three adults starting from the ages of 28 on down to 11. Um, I am a grandmother of five. I am a um, mother of four, like I said, and I am a daughter and I'm a single child due to um, gun violence. So I'm the only child right now. And um, I am married and I am happily married with some issues behind it. So yes. Thank you so much for introducing yourself to the audience. And without further ado, we will go ahead and get into this um, interview. So we will start with the X and then we'll go over to the now, okay? No problem. Yes. So Ms. Hagney, can you go ahead and tell us how you met your ex-husband, your ex-African husband? Yes, I met my ex walking down the street in Cleveland, Ohio. I was coming back from the store. I had been visiting my mom back and forth and I had ended up moving back to Cleveland because I was living in North Carolina. And I was coming from the store and he was walking with his um, roommate's wife. And literally he stopped me and he asked me what my name was. I told him my name and he was like, that sounds like an African name. And I looked at him and I smiled and he could barely speak English. And I told him um, that I was, you know, visiting and I had been coming back and forth. But before that, my mom had told me that I had an African in her building that had been watching me. So I was already aware of who this gentleman was, you know, from my mom saying, oh, you're going to have a, a, a husband soon. And I'm looking at my mother like, what is you talking about? And I asked her and I'm like, you are right, because he just stopped me coming back from the store. And he was with his roommate's mother. I mean, his roommate's uh, wife. And he asked me my name, but I told him my name and he said it was an African name. She said, I told you, you got to admire and you got a husband on the way. And I'm just, she was cracking jokes. So I don't know if she knew or whatever, but yeah, that's how it happened. Okay. So he actually lived in the same state as you. In the same state in my mother's building. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what was the age, age difference between the two of you? He was 30 and I was at the time... Let me do the math. I was 38. I want to say 38, I believe. Don't so quote was, me on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 38. And he was 30. So like eight or nine. I know it wasn't over 10 years. Okay. So how long did you two talk to each other um, before things got serious between the two of you? I want to say it was on my birthday. I'll never forget it. It was uh, in August and we had been seeing each other and he had been doing a lot of stuff to get my attention before we end up talking. So we wasn't talking at first, but I had been seeing a lot of him communicating. He had been walking back and forth in the neighborhood. But when we finally spoke, it was on my birthday of August 19th of 2016. 
And um, I had been getting out the car and I had been taking a few sips and drinking and me and my mother was coming back from the <laughs> store. And I usually don't drink, but when I drink, I feel myself. So I was kind of like in that, in that high stage where I was just like feeling myself. So he asked me at the time, he was like, um, what's, your, what's your name and what's your number again? And I told him my name and my number and I gave it to him with no problem because I had been drinking. So, you know, it was my birthday, I was celebrating. And he was with his um his African friends and a few other people from the states drinking as well, mm-hmm. and that's that's how it happened. Yeah. Okay. So how long did you two go back and forth before it got like serious? Before the engage the dating, the engagement, things like that. Okay, so I want to say we start talking right after I gave him my number because he did not hesitate to call me. He, he called me like right away. Remind you, I'm living, you know, upstairs or visiting upstairs with my mom. So he called me maybe two hours later and it took for everything to happen and me to go start visiting him like a month later. I started visiting him like the end of August and I went downstairs to his house, you know, where he was living at downstairs from my mother because he had called me and we had been doing some texting back and forth. And remind you, he didn't speak English. And he um, asked me to come see him. But I'm wondering to myself, like, how is he texting and he don't speak English? But the whole time he had somebody texting for him. Oh, okay. And he couldn't read. He could not read. He could not write. He was literally illiterate. So I learned that out you know, back, you know, it took a minute. So I asked him, how is you texting? And you doing all this texting and, you know, and I, so I went downstairs. I didn't, you know, I still, I, I didn't keep asking questions. You, I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable, but it took maybe about a month before everything happened. But I must say he did wait on my sex. I visited him for like a month and a half, almost two months. He asked me for nothing, no sex, no nothing. We just kissed and hugged. So about two months. Okay. Yeah. So after the two months, um, is that when the the engaged, when um the dating and the engagement and the marriage and all this came? So he proposed yeah. to you. He proposed to you after two months of seeing him. Yeah, it took about a month before he proposed to me the first time. Because the first time, I denied it because I was going through a separation with another ex that I was dating and mm-hmm. reminds you a vulnerable moment that I, I need y'all to keep that in mind it was a vulnerable moment so I had been going through another relationship and I was overcoming that relationship so I must say you know they they can sense when you you know you're going through something so I can go back and I must say that he um asked me the first time and I said no because I knew that was a red flag it was mm-hmm. just too quick but the second time he got me, because my ex at the time had been going through some issues with, um, you know, uh, fighting, battling drugs. So I was like in a vulnerable state. So I said yes the second time because he called me while me and my ex was laying down and I was mad at my ex. And I said yes. I called him back and I said yes. But it took like a month and a half for me to say yes the second time. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So you were laying down with your ex? And when he asked you to marry him, you said yes? I said yes. First time I said no. First time I said no. The second time I literally said yes because I was going through a lot of pain. And I think I was trying to get back at my ex at the time. I think that's, you know, now that I think back on everything, I think I was trying to get back at my ex. And I call myself trying to be smart at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah. And I said yes. And that's when he put a fake ring on my finger. A fake ring? Yeah. It was definitely fake. It tarnished my finger like two weeks later. 
two weeks later, it started tarnishing my finger. I started getting gangrene on my finger. So did he upgrade the ring? No, not at all. And I don't know jury, not at all. He did not upgrade the ring, no. It was fake as ever. Wow. Fraud. So did y'all ever get to the point where y'all were living together? Yes, we end up, um, I end up moving out of my mother's apartment. Cause like I said, I had been visiting her from moving from North Carolina. So mm -hmm. I moved out of her apartment. I had been going through a, um, uh, what you call it, a lawsuit. I got hit from the back. So I ended up getting my own apartment. And I told my mother, you know, I'm about to move. And I moved into my own apartment. And then that's mm -hmm. when she ended up asking me, you know, should we end up looking for our own apartment? But I ended up moving out of my apartment because I was having some issues on my side of town with violence and stuff. And I wanted to be in a better area. Mm -hmm. And I told her, yeah, we can move together. You know, since we engage, we can start looking for a place or whatever. But we waited till we got married first and then we started looking for a place. So it took like almost a month. We got our place. He, he proposed to me in September. We got our place in October. I met him in August, got our place in September. And I mean, he, he proposed in September. And we got our place in October. So what was it like living with him? This is the guy that is from Burkina Faso, right? Yeah, from Burkina okay. Faso. So what was it like living with him in the same, um, up under the same roof? It was a lot of allegations that was red flags from the beginning. He didn't wait. Like he didn't wait for his red flags. Like he had red flags at the wedding. You know, um, he had a lady come up. Well, he didn't have her come up to me, but she came up to me at the wedding. Like that's what the, you know, the red flag at the wedding just had me where I was to the point where I was just kind of fed up even when we moved in our apartment because a lady came up to my mom and asked my mother at the wedding, um, how long your daughter been knowing uh, this gentleman? And my mother thought that it was his sister because he had a sister that was in California. Then he had a sister that was here in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. But I asked my mother, you know, ain't that kind of suspicious to you that a woman coming up to you asking how long your daughter been knowing this man at the wedding? But my mother insists on she believed that that was his, um, you know, his sister. Come to find out it was somebody probably trying to tell me that he was marrying me for a green card and wanted me to know. They wanted me to be aware. Mm -hmm. I seen a picture of the lady in the background. So that was the first red flag. And then when we moved in our apartment, he stopped sleeping with me. He literally slept with me for like two days and then he stopped sleeping with me like two days later. No, no sleeping, no nothing. Just instantly cut the sleeping off. I stayed in the bed with him for two nights. The third night, he was saying that he wanted to sleep in the front room. So you mean when you say he stopped sleeping with you, do you mean he just physically stopped getting in the bed with you or there was physically. no sex? No sex. Period. He wanted the sex. That was what he would take. He would want the sex, but he didn't want to sleep with me in the bed at all. He and what, was his, what was his reason when you asked him why? Um, when I told him, he put it on my daughter because he know that I'm very overprotective of my daughter. So he said that I don't want, you know, our daughter being around us in the bed but remind you it's two bedrooms my daughter had her own bedroom we had our own bedroom he made it like I want your daughter to be able to sleep with you I don't want her to be away from you he knew that I would probably fall for that one and which I did because my daughter was like everything to me and I said okay you know I, I, don't, I don't mind but when he kept doing it constantly and my daughter said mommy I don't mind if you sleep you know with Leon I don't mind and I said, you know, she don't mind. She's in her own room. She's getting older. She's getting to the point where she can sleep mm -hmm. alone. He said, he said, no, I don't, I don't want to. I'm gonna sleep in the front room. I'm more comfortable up here on the couch. I'm like, okay. Wow. How did that make you feel? At that time, I was already going through a lot with my ex. And I had, like I said, I had already had like a million and one red flags. I had the wedding red flags. I had the ring red flags. I had so many red flags that 
literally you can tell that my mental status was so low and I was so broken from my past relationship. And he caught me at that vulnerable moment that it was like, I was breaking. I was breaking so slow. And my mind was literally just leaving me. Like I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. I literally felt like my, my mind and my body was just leaving. And you can tell he was doing some like some type of juju stuff too. You can tell he was praying against me. I can feel the energy of his, his negativity and whatever he had going on. I'm glad you said that because a lot of women don't believe when you tell them that these men work juju against I'm these women too. Yes, I'm they do. And because yeah. I'm a spiritual person, if my husband even tried it, it wouldn't get through because I'm yeah. a spiritual person too. So yeah. if they're not on that level spiritually, these men work juju against these women yeah. and they have no idea. It yeah. makes them send money to these men. Yes. It makes them do whatever these men want them to do. That's true. That is so true. And he wasn't wanting the money, but he was wanting my energy. He was draining me. I felt drained. You can just tell that my I was not myself. And I was, I couldn't pray because I wasn't in my peaceful moment. Usually when mm-hmm. you, they catch you when you drain. Normally I could pray, but if you're not peaceful, they can drain your energy. And I, now that I'm thinking back on everything and I'm healed and I'm better, I felt myself being drained. And it's no doubt in my mind that he was definitely draining my energy with stuff. And I was watching some of the weird, creepy stuff he was watching from Africa. He was spitting in the sink, doing weird stuff. He was praying for people on the phone. He was talking in fake tongues, all type of stuff. He was being a fake preacher on Facebook. He was talking to women, trying to get their money. So yeah, he wow. wanted me green card, but I feel like he wanted them for uh, their money. He didn't want my money. He just wanted me for the green card. He took care of the household. That's one. So let me let me ask you, how did he get to America in the first place? He was already here on a visa, on a um, I'm sorry, on a passport, and he told me that it was a visa. I didn't know how the African culture worked at that time, so I believed it. He showed me and my mom a passport and he said that it was a visa. At that time, once again, I didn't know nothing about how a visa look, how a passport look. I, I'm not, I was dating African-Americans. I don't know nothing about that. But he told us that it was a visa and that's how he got here from his sister signing up for him and doing a um, what you call it, like a, will you bring the family over? Well, she mm-hmm. brought her brother. She did it. She brought her brother over. So, yeah, it was through a passport and like a temporary, you know, work permit or something like that. Mm-hmm. And his sister did it for him. His wow. sister used everything for him. That was like his ride or die. Yeah. And, um, you know, being in these groups, I've seen where a lot of these women, um, when they go over there to visit these men, where mm-hmm. they would say they have left their underwear over there. They have left this over there. They, I wish they would stop doing that because... Yeah. And a lot of people think that they don't have to believe in witchcraft or or juju and stuff like that for people to do that to them. You don't have to believe in it. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't have to. They can drain you and they can put your mind in a whole nother state. And once they drain your energy, you ain't got no protection. But you need your Bible and you have to stay prayed up with these type of people. You have to. So I tell people, you know, be careful with that because these men are absolutely working juju on women. They are. And if you're not strong enough mentally... They're going to get you every time. That's if it. you're not That's strong enough spiritually, they're going to get you every time. Tell it. That's the truth. And I hope women is listening because I wouldn't lie to y'all. I would not lie to y'all. I wouldn't just sit here so, and just make. Um, what were some of the other red flags that you saw in this uh, marriage? I would want to say my number one red flag was 
him draining me, the stuff he would say to me. When we would get up early in the morning, my daughter would get up, I would get up. We would start our regular routine and I'll say good morning. My daughter would say good morning. He would not say nothing back. You would think that we were speaking in a whole nother language. He would just look us in our face, look her in my, her face, look me in my face and act like we said nothing. Wow. And I would look back at him and I would eventually say after about a month went past, I was giving him a, you know, a chance. And I said, you're not saying good morning to us. You know, my daughter is little. She's speaking to you. She's little. Can you say good morning back? Bonjour. You know, I taught her bonjour. He taught mm -hmm. her bonjour. Say good morning back to us. And he would not, he insisted that he didn't want to talk. He shut down. He would just get on his phone and just talk, 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 talk. But he couldn't say nothing to us. So that was the biggest red flag to me. If you can't talk and you can't communicate, something is not right. Something is not right. But you can get on your phone and speak, but you can't speak to your stepdaughter and your wife. No, that was a big red flag. So. I hear I hear of a lot of wives that complain of that also, you know, their husbands in the house with them and mm -hmm. they be on their phone forever and ever and ever. But when it's time <laughs> to talk to them. No, nothing. Shut down. Yeah. Shut down. And I can't say wow. that that's a red flag because I know Africans do that. But that to me, that's not good. That's not good. When you can't communicate. You could be hiding something. You don't want that person to catch what you're saying. Something is not right. And remind you, he already could not read, write, or speak his own language. Like right now, he's on Facebook faking to be reading the Bible, and he can't even read English. So he's still tricking people as we speak on Facebook. So do you know that to be a fact that he can't read and write, or is he putting on for... for... It's a fact. He cannot read or write. He cannot read. Okay. Even his sister told me he cannot read or write. I literally don't see him commenting back. I never seen him text nobody back. He even had people texting him for Burkina Faso. He never had a respond back in his phone ever. And I was wow. married to him for five years. He never responded back to nobody. Even after we divorced, I hung with him and, you know, did things with him after we divorced because we tried to be friends. I would look in his phone. No text messages back. It's definitely true. He cannot rewrite or. Yeah. No faking. Wow. I thought it was faking too. But it's, so, it's, so did he ever get his green card while with you? No, I stopped it. I was smart. I did my research and I stopped it. I, I, I was trying to get my mother to help me and I was trying to get different people to help me and nobody would help me. So I moved to Las Vegas and I got my mind together. I got myself together. I tried to heal myself. I got into church. I got into my daughter into praise dancing. We prayed, got all that junk off of us. And literally, um, when I was in Las Vegas, everything just changed mm -hmm. all of a sudden. And I was able to let everything go. And he stayed back in Cleveland. And I was in Las Vegas. I moved to Henderson, Nevada. And I had to just get everything off of me. You know, I had to just, you know, let everything go. So I separated seven months after our marriage. I didn't play. I got out of there. I separated. Okay, so y'all, you separated seven months after you married him? We got but married. But, but y'all were married for five years. Five years, because it took a minute to get that divorce process going, you know, and it was a pandemic. So we got divorced in the middle of the pandemic. So it took a minute. Wow. Yeah. I'm and so sorry you had to go through that. So you and him don't have any children together, right? No, that was the good thing. And I knew to do that two-year mark 
once I went to Las Vegas, I knew to do that two-year mark and I started researching. I started reading stuff. I started getting on YouTube. You know, at this time, I didn't know about the group. So, you know, I started getting on YouTube and breaking stuff down and I called a, a lawyer in Vegas. He or she told me what to do. And I took the process all the way from Vegas all the way to Cleveland and I knew a sheriff in my family and the sheriff told me what to do. And I had met a sheriff in Vegas. Mm-hmm. She told me what to do. And they told me that they can deliver the papers to him in Cleveland. You know, he lied and said he didn't live there. And the sheriff office got back in contact with me and said, Mr. Nakima doesn't live there anymore. And I'm just saying to myself, like, he don't live there no more. Yes, he do. But he had it where something Africans get away with stuff. That's, that's another thing. He made it where, they had said that he don't live there. How did you get away with that? To tell the people that you don't live there where the papers can't get served. I didn't give up. I still stuck to my gun and I said, no, he lives there. I got proof and I kept going back and forth down to Las Vegas ports and I was not playing. I said, I got proof that he lives there. I called on the phone, called him up that way and many other ways I called him too. You know, I won't disclose it on here, you know, out of his privacy, but I wasn't playing. I proved that he lived there and they re-delivered the papers again and they, they got him this time. Wow. He done convinced these people that he don't even live there. Yes, he sure did. He sure did. And you know, it's sad to say, but the African people know more about our laws than we do. They do. They They know more about immigration, the immigration system than we do. They do. And that's correct. He was getting away with a lot in our marriage. So much that I felt like I was living in Africa and he was like, I felt like I was the African and he was the American. That's how much he got away with. <laughs> so. Yeah. How, how did your family feel other than your mom? How did your family feel about you being in a relationship with an African man? Well, my daughter, she wasn't playing. My oldest daughter at the time, she had to be 20 one or 22 when i told her i was getting married her first question to me was mommy do we have any kids in africa is he married in africa um and she just kept asking a lot of questions and i'm like i got upset with her and i'm like daughter why is you asking all these questions out of the mouth of babes yes and then my youngest daughter was at the time she had to be seven and she wasn't feeling his energy she said mommy I don't like Neon. He stinks. She was just saying, <laughs> she was just saying little stuff. So my two daughters wasn't having it. And my oldest daughter did not come to the wedding. She did not. She literally tried to play it off not to hurt me, but she laid in the bed. I called her during the wedding. I was so mad at her. She was laying in the bed asleep. She wasn't thinking about me or him. And I don't blame her right now. And I thank you, daughter. <laughs> I'm thankful. Oh, did he help you financially when y'all were living together? Did he help financially? He did. He did. He paid all the rent. And then once I seen the red flags, I wasn't paying for nothing anyway. I shut down. I, I started taking my money and he was like, pay half of the rent. I would tell him I'm gonna pay my half of the rent. And I would literally put my money in my pocket and I would pay nothing because mm-hmm. I had already had a million and one red flags. So I made him pay all the bills. Yes, I did. I wasn't playing. He broke my car down on purpose. He did so many things to me. He hot wired my car on purpose. So I wouldn't have a car and I couldn't go to work. So yeah. Yep. He hotwired it on purpose and literally said, I know how to start a car with the, with the cables and my car caught on fire right in front of my wow. face. And he told me he knew what he was doing. And I had already knew he was going to do it. I felt it. it's like he had his car break down on purpose to call me to have me come jump him. 
and literally broke my car down. So I had no way to get to work. I wasn't paying no bills. So even if he wasn't going to pay the bills, I wasn't paying them anyway. Yeah, but he paid all the bills. He did. Okay. So yeah. what would you say was the biggest cultural difference between the two of you? By him being a French African, I would say that he had a lot more, now that I'm knowing the difference with Ghanaians and Burkina Faso, him being a French African, he went through a lot in his country. So his, his country, he said he could die in his country. So I'm thinking that the cultural difference more for me, I would say, would be where he was from coming all the way from Burkina Faso and being a French African and having to deal with the United States period and having to, you know, be around me and want to listen to me to speak English. I think it was bothering his mental status and he couldn't read or write. So it's not really a culture difference, but it affected him more than it would a person who can read or write. So mm -hmm. it was messing with his mental status, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So being that you've been with American men for the most part of your life, and now that you're um, now married to an African, a mm -hmm. Ghanaian, yes. and you've been with this guy from Burkina Faso, how does the level of intimacy differ for you? far as like my ex-husband and my husband now, you mean? But or The difference between American man and an African man. Okay. The, that's a good question. The American man I would say is more of a using, they use you too. African men use you as, can use you as well with the green car and the wives being over there and, you know, stuff like that. I think they both the same. One use you for money in a house if they don't have a house and one can use you for a green car and for, you know, having a wife. So they both scammers. That's why I never compare the two. Because the American men can scam us in one way just being over here. And then the African men can scam us in a whole nother way. So I never compare the two because they, we both can be, they both can scam us. Just one is already over here. Yeah, so. but I'm, I'm asking like the level of intimacy. Like oh, the level okay. of intimacy, yes. Okay. The intimacy, uh, I can't even say that word. Don't even ask me to say it again. But my, <laughs> African, my African man, I must say for me, has more affection. The African-American men don't have no affection, no foreplay, no nothing. I have more foreplay and stuff with the African man for me. Okay. Especially with my Ghanaian. Okay. Yeah. So you never got the chance to travel to Burkina Faso where he's from, right? No, not okay. at all. Did no. you ever get to talk to his family? No. I used to talk to his sister and that was it. I literally never talked to his mother probably one one time and she barely spoke English but still that was another red flag never even got to talk to her on the phone hardly ever we was married for five years I can count on one and a half fingers how many times we times we talked and that was during the divorce process because she was upset and hollering in some type of French language about me divorcing and that's the only time I really talked to her. wow the most part her say we never even talked I would just talk to his sister and she was in California so yeah and she'd been here all her life. So she was like an American. Okay. Yeah. So it's been said that if, you know, as wise, when we go over there and in case the parents are deceased and mm -hmm. we have not met their parents, then that's a red flag. Yeah. This yeah. is a red flag because yeah. that means that the parents do not agree with the relationship. 
I agree. And I feel like she didn't agree with it. That's why she didn't want to talk to me on the phone. I, I agree. Yeah. Because my Ghanaian was the total opposite. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So at what point did you you just say, you know what, I'm done with this marriage. I'm getting out of this marriage. This is it. It's over with. We have got to get divorced. What, Seven, what was your what was your breaking point? My breaking point was him and my daughter. When he couldn't correspond with my daughter and that's my child and you treating her like less than a stepchild and you treating her basically like a criminal and then you're starting to do little weird stuff like touch on yourself and all type of weird stuff. And Wait I a asked, minute. It would? Yeah, touching on himself, literally being on the phone and just rubbing, had a habit of rubbing himself. I said, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. I'm telling y'all this for a reason. It's wow. time. I would never leave my daughter with him. My daughter would be up under me 24-7. But he had a habit. It was like he had a nervous condition with his, his mental status. He, he Like sometimes you can tell he didn't even know he was doing it. We was in an interview and he literally was doing it inside of an interview. Yeah, just touching on himself. I said, no, I can't. And then he was forcing his body on me. When I would say no to sex, he would force his body on top of me. I had to fight him like a like a N-I-G-G-A. And that's how that's literally how I had to act. And I don't even use that word, but I had to act like that. To get well, little do it where they need to know that in America, if a woman tells you no, when you're asking her to have sex and that I don't care if she no. is your wife, that's that means it. no. Or you, you can go that to jail for no. that spousal that's, rape. That's they it. need to know that. That's it. But in his country, it's normal. It's normal to do that. Well, it's not normal over here. If we say no, mm -hmm. no means no. I don't care if we are married to them. That's it. And it can land their behinds in jail. That's it. That's it. And I and I, I literally, I just, I couldn't take it. I knew that my city wouldn't do nothing about it because they're not doing nothing about the killings here. So I just got up and left. And that's when I moved to Henderson, Nevada, and I got out of there. I, I couldn't take it no more because if he would have touched my daughter, it was going to be on a whole nother level, whole nother level. And I'm not saying he's that type of person, but that's that's too much for me. Way too much. Wow. So when you got kids and your kids is in this and your kids is not by them, I tell the ladies, please go when you see your kids is in the middle of it. Yeah. Mm -mm. So what are your thoughts on um, how a lot of the African men marry older American women that cannot have children? And do you think they're being honest with these women when they tell them they don't want any children? Another good question. I would say for me that it could be a red flag, definitely. But I would also say nowadays it's a lot of older women. Like me, myself, I like young guys. So that's just me. Whoever judge me, that's that's on them. Well, honey, listen, I, I think all of us older women like younger men because <laughs> when the men get older, they stuff don't work no more, baby. We yeah. need somebody baby, to still break our backs in. We ain't got time for that. Go and take exactly. Moderna and Viagra and stuff. Who got time for all that? <laughs> exactly. No. And that's my point. But for them, some some African men, I feel like a lot of they got, you know, I was going to say Ghanaians, where African women, I feel like they are as mature as we are. So sometimes it's probably 2% that I would say that they love the maturity in us. They love the backbone we have. They love the independence that we have. They even like the the, the control. They say they don't like dominant women, but I kind of don't believe that. But like I said, 2%, I believe that it could be true. But the other 
8% or 9, oh yeah, 8%, I would say red flag. I would say red flag. 2% true. You can, you can take the chance. The other 8% red flag. That's my opinion. And that's, that's for when they tell women that they don't want any children. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And for being an older and being an older woman as well. Have, did you, did you try to learn to speak his language? No, I sure didn't. I learned bonjour and I was happy with it. Cause I seen too many red flags to learn anything. <laughs> I wanted to learn how to say F you in French. <laughs> so do you think a lot of these men have intentions to come here and just to work and make money to send back home, take care of family back home? Or do they have intentions to come here and actually stay with the woman they're, they uh, they married, the, the one that actually brought them to America? Ask that question one more time so I can answer correctly. Okay, do you think that a lot of the African men that come here, do they have intentions to just come here and work? and take mm -hmm. care of their family back home or their intentions are to are to actually be here and stay with the woman that brought them to America. Okay, for me and this is out of experience because like I said I'm learning the different, you know, tribes and different parts of Africa. I would say of course they want to come here to work. Probably majority of them will want to come here to work because what they go through in their country. Like I said, even if I was an African I can't blame them for wanting to come here and work because look what they go through. So yes, I do believe all of them want to come over here to work. And if they tell you no, I feel like they might not be, it might not be a red flag, but it's definitely, they probably not being honest with you unless they millionaires in their country. And then the other, uh, the other part to that, I would say that if their family is over there and then they want to take care of their family, like my ex-husband, he didn't send his family anything. He was denying his kids. I would have to get his kids rights or attempt to get his kids rights. And he would tell me no. Some of them I think is to themselves where they just want to keep everything to themselves. And they feel like they, they family can fend for themselves. And then the other percent, I feel like, of course they want to come here to work to take care of their family. Because they, they taught to take care of their family. That's, that's what they're taught. They're not yes, going to come and, over. And that's kind of what I was saying on the podcast last night that a lot of the younger generation is coming away from the traditional ways that mm -hmm. they were taught and how they were raised in their country. So they're coming away from that. Yeah. So that's why we cannot stereotype and put all these men in the same category as the older generation. We just can't. And as far as the green card part, when we bring them over here, they have to have a green card yeah. in order for them to work and thrive here in America. They can't thrive without it. Exactly. So us as wives, we just got to watch the red flags and just know if we're willing to be in the middle of it or not that's that's just how yes, i feel we most, we most definitely have to keep our eyes open you know yes. and our ears not only our legs but you know just we got to pay attention i'm just that's being true. honest you know because sometimes you can get so wrapped up in these men and you don't forget who you are and what you're supposed to be doing in life and mm -hmm. we can't it be happened. having it we got to pay attention that's true and that's what mm -hmm. happened to me that's exactly what happened to me my mind was not open and i was in la la land and i got caught up yeah they love it. They can it smell. They smell like hound dogs. They can smell barnacles. They can smell it. I literally think they can smell it. Just like I think when they come over and they want to come over and they sense out marrying American women, I feel like once they get over here, they can sense our sense to when we vulnerable. I, I literally feel that. Well, honey, I've been tough from day one and I ain't letting up on it. Do you hear me? I said, that's it. And I'm, we gotta, I'm, I'm, I'm a tough one, baby. 
Mm-mm. That's how we gotta be. Because if we don't, we're gonna fall. Girl, yes, but um, even you know, I tell people now that even with me and my husband, which we're okay, you know, we have our good days, we have our bad days, but mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, if that man was to leave me today. I'm mm-hmm. going to be okay today because I was okay before he got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you got to look at it. That's exactly- I can't say, I would never say he scammed me because he didn't. The relationship can, has ran its course. You can usually tell from the beginning. Usually the Most definitely. Flag, you can tell from the beginning. It's Most not going to You can tell from the beginning. They're not going to take no time. Mm-hmm. They too bold. <laughs> they really are and don't they care. Bold. And they, they really bold. don't care. So if they're going to leave within that first year or two, they're going to be gone they are and from what i've been seeing with my own eyes and these relationship with these wives and these groups within the first six months to a year and a half those men are gone i said they're not Mm -hmm. gonna take no time mine took two days two days to show me red flag well he did it on the wedding (laughs) you got women coming to the wedding (laughs) so yeah they gonna show it right away Wow. Let me stop right here. If And thank you to all of our viewers that are tuned in. Um, if you have any questions for Ms. Shalina Hackney, please put them in the comments now and we will get her to answer those questions for you. So, okay. Let's talk about the now husband. So how did you meet your now husband? <laughs> it's the part you're going to make me show all my gaps. <laughs> well, um, that that is a story that lights me up i i promise you i could never tell everything on here but um i met him on instagram i have been um on instagram you know looking for um different researches for my nonprofit. and at the time i didn't have my nonprofit. i was just searching trying to be nosy and you know social media teach you you know i use my phone for social media to teach me i don't be watching mm-hmm. tiktok for dances and stuff i watch it to teach me so I seen a video on there and it reminded me of an American song and it was like a rap song. And I said, wow, this song got a nice little beat to it. I can probably use this on my YouTube channel and I don't have to get no copyright. So I inboxed him and he reminded me of another guy that I had been talking to from Nigeria. And I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I love talking online because ain't no energy's touching me. So I do talk to people online. That's just my choice. I like talking. I ain't got to meet you. I ain't got to worry about your negative energies. I like to talk online. So I was talking to another guy from Nigeria at the time and he looked it and favored the one from Nigeria. So I'm not gonna lie, I kind of look confused, but I was like, the other one don't, don't sing or rap. So I'm kind but they both had shoulders on them and they both short and built. So I said, where did you get this song from? And he said, Africa, that's our song here in Ghana. I said, oh, I thought that was an American song. He said, no, I'm from Ghana. I said, oh, okay, all right, all right. I was like, well, do you mind if I repost the song? Cause I like it. And you know, I just, I want to see if I can use it on my YouTube. He said, no problem. So I mentioned them in my stories and I tagged them. And from there, we just start talking and talking and he was telling me about himself. And then he told me he was a teacher. And I said, you a teacher? He said, yeah. So he showed me pictures of his classroom and him teaching. And I'm like, I'm a teacher too. And I've been teaching for 20 plus years to ages from six weeks on up to 12 years. And I've been doing it for 20 years. We've got something in common. That right there, I said, oh my gosh. And remind you, we have been getting our stimulus check. So I was waiting for my stimulus check to come because I had already planned I was going to Africa. That was a dream that I had been wanting forever, but I didn't know what part at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was looking into Liberia and then I was looking into other parts. And then, you know, the, the um, pandemic had, you no, know, was the pandemic here? 
no, no, the pandemic went here. I'm sorry. It was about to start, but I had been looking into different parts of Africa and I didn't know where I was going to go. So I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual. And I said, well, let me go, you know, pray and fast. And then I can find out at the time we wasn't really talking heavy. I said, let me go pray and fast and ask, you know, God, you know, what part of Africa I should go to. I'm just waiting on my stimulus check and I've been saving money to go to Africa. And when I had been fasting and praying and I put him on pause for like a month, I told him, I said, I can't talk to you no more. I can't text you no more because I'm going on a fast and pray and I need God to really come into my spirit. When I tell you I seen a TD Jakes video and it was talking about Nigeria and Africa and it just popped up on my timeline and I had been watching it, I had been asking for God to show me a sign already. When I seen that TD Jakes video, I said, Ghana is where I'm going to go. But I didn't know for sure because I didn't know if it was bad there. But when I pulled it up, I seen the year of the return. I said, wow, Americans is going over there. This is God. Come through. I just said, God, spirit, activate. And I chose Ghana. And when I chose it, I was already wanting my nonprofit to start in Africa. And I knew it would be hard to start over there. But I wanted to get the fill of Africa. You know, mm -hmm. how can I start my business over there? How can I help the kids? How can I help traumatize, you know, daughters like myself from their parents? You know, I want to just help people. So I told him, he said, pray about it. Go ahead. And he was patient for two weeks. And when I got back to him, I told him, I said, Ghana is the place I'm going to come. But we didn't want to meet up. I told him mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, not meet up with him. We was business partners. He had started making me flyers. He had started doing a lot of stuff for me online, just launching me, you know, helping me. And I'm like, this little cutie pie helping me. Okay. But, you know, I was playing with him and I had been saying, I'm going to marry you. Just playing around, you know, not thinking nothing of it. And he wasn't saying nothing. He was just quiet. And he never said, I love you through the whole seven months of us talking almost a year. He never really said, I love you. He'd be like, I like you. I like you. I like you. <laughs> he would never use the word. I love you. Like my ex-husband. I said, okay. All right. So I was feeling him a little bit and you know, that's how it started. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there an age difference between you and your now husband? It is. It is. And I'm proud to say I love him young and tender. Sure is. It's the age difference. What's, I the, love age? What's the ages? I don't know if I want to tell the age, but it's he a tender on me. I, I'm Stella with a groove back. That's the best I can say. Okay. Well, <laughs> but by how many years? I would say. Do the math, girl. Do the math. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to do it. Over 15, <laughs> over 14. Over 14, over 14 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you like what you like. That's it. <laughs> so how long did y'all how long did y'all communicate before things got serious? Um, I would want to say a year, seven months to a year online as business partners, never trying to, you know, talk about dating or none of that. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I started talking to a whole nother Ghanaian in the middle of everything. Yeah, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm like done with online. you. Look, I'm done with you. <laughs> Let it online. That's you ain't gotta touch me. I ain't gotta baby. You you is too much for TV, Shalina. <laughs> I'm being <Too> honest. <laughs> I love the online because you ain't gotta worry about them touching you. I love the online. So um, okay. So once you decided that things had got serious between the two of you, and you decided that okay, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to Ghana. Mm -hmm. How was the process for you? Like getting your passport, your visa, your plane ticket, stuff like that. Was that a pretty easy process for you? It wasn't because I was planning on moving over there. I wanted to go over there and start my business. So it was mm -hmm. very difficult for me. You know, I wasn't just going to, you know, 
visit. I was planning on moving. I had already put in my mind, I got medical records. You know, I was getting all that stuff. So it was very hard and it was during the pandemic. And I wanted to start the business over there. So I had to be, you know, saving more money. And then I was having issues on my way there. So it was very, very difficult for me. I, I must say, I can't believe myself that I even made it over there with all the trials and tribulations that I went through. And when I say that the passport probably was the easiest thing, I went through Passport Express. And when I say that they're called Passport Express for a reason, they got that passport to me so quick so quickly and I took the passport and once I got the passport it went right into the visa but the visa was a hold up and that's how me and my husband end up connecting because I could not book a visa until they told me until I use a hotel address I had already booked a hotel I mean an Airbnb for two months I had booked paid for and everything so the visa lady said, we can't use Airbnb process here at Passport Express. We don't, we can't do that. You have to have a hotel. And mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense because that's a private home. They don't want you having their address and they don't know if you coming. You don't get that information until you arrive. Mm -hmm. So she said, I hate to, you know, disappoint you, Ms. Hackney, but you're going to have to get an invite letter. And then you're also going to have to, um, uh, get an invite letter and what else? Oh, and you're gonna have to get an address with a house. You cannot use only a hotel. And I knew at the time, I didn't wanna spend my money with a hotel. I couldn't afford mm -hmm. it. So I, if I knew I couldn't afford a hotel, I had to call my business partner. And I picked up the phone and remind you, I, we talking as friends, you know, I, I'm no commitment. I just like talking to people in text and that's, I'm just a people person. So I text him and I called him. I said, you know, hubby, of course, he wasn't happy at the time, but I said, you know, I want to say his name on here, but I said, can you write me an invite letter? Because the visa is denying me because I don't have an address. This man did not hesitate. He did not hesitate. He wrote the letter, sent it over to the visa people, gave him his address, his telephone number, everything they needed, his ID, like three forms of ID he needed. And then he wrote the letter for me and my daughter because we was going to move. Mm -hmm. So we was going to come back and he wrote the letter with no problem. And that's how I ended up being with him because I had to call. I needed him for a favor. So, yeah. So okay. it was it was very difficult. It was very difficult. I had so, a heart. So once you finally got all that taken care of and you finally uh, got on the plane and you landed in Africa, how did you feel? Oh, my gosh. What were your thoughts in that moment? That was the best feeling I ever had in my life. The best feeling that I ever had in my life. First of all, I had people helping me like I was some type of goddess. I felt like I was God himself. That's how many people was coming to my aid and my rescue. Because I had a lot of trials and tribulations. I literally had so many trials and tribulations. And one of the trials and tribulations, I needed help from the people in the airport. They was coming to my rescue, helping me with no problem, just supporting me, talking to me about my last name, just telling me about Burkina Faso, because I told them that I had to name the Kima at the time. So they was just talking to me about my last name. I was saying, I'm trying to get out here to my business partner. Y'all talking to me and I can't get out here. So, you know, it was just a loving moment very loving and comfortable moment. And must I say my business partner at the time, he had a, a poster waiting on me and it said Aquaba and it had my sand on there. Um, you know, uh, welcome to the motherland. It was a sand that I made up and let me get it correct. A motherland queen. I, I forgot how the quote I made up. Uh, welcome to the motherland queen who had a dream to the motherland. So I made it up. 
but he had it on the poster and he had it so ready for me, holding it up with him and his two friends and just had it held up. And I walked out to look at that and they was recording it. And I've never felt that before. I've never had no man ever in my life give me that type of attention as a business partner and a friend. So I feel like I was in heaven. Literally, I feel like I was in heaven. That was nice of him. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing that on your YouTube page. That was very nice. Yes, it was. I saw that. Yes, yes. And he took his time and did that and surprised me. I didn't know that that was coming. We was just friends, you know, nothing, no type of dating or nothing, you know, so, yeah. Okay. So what do you think about their culture? Once you got over there, you seen the millions and millions of people, because there was a whole lot of people for me to see, too, when I first went there, like shoulder to shoulder trying to get through and just what did you think about the culture over there? People say they were suffocated by the heat. I can handle the heat because I moved to Las Vegas for five years. So I handled the heat. I was suffocated by the people. Forget the heat. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I felt suffocated. Like, oh, I need some room. Like, please. And they bumping into you being rude. And it, I mean, they just bump into you like it's okay. But I knew and I had already did a lot of research. So I was prepared, but I was ready to go get some, some air because it was, it was too much. Even in the airports, it was too much. <laughs> so are you and your now husband, are y'all of the same faith also? Christian? Yes. Yeah, I'm not a Christian. I'm just okay. spiritual. I don't, you okay. know, I, the Christian thing is, yeah, it's, it's over. Yeah, whole nother story. But he is definitely not a church goer, but he definitely believes in God. And, and I know that to be true because some things happened to me when I was there. When I say that this man did everything in his power as a spiritual person, he did so yeah he never said he was spiritual but you can just tell by his actions that he's mm-hmm. yep you can he pretty can much tell when somebody's in yeah. spirituality yeah you don't even have to say nothing mm-hmm. the things he did for me when I was there it, it goes without saying that he's very gifted he was helping his community the whole time I was there helping me the whole time I was there. he was just helping I said you just you just got a heart so yeah so you get did you get to meet his family while you were there he actually planned for his mom to come to the airport. That's oh, okay. that was, I had already went through stuff with my ex-husband. So I said, if he don't want me to meet his mom, that, that I wasn't going. Yeah, but I, I wasn't planning on marrying him. Like I said, I got there and got treated so good. I said, I might want to bring you back to the States. So that's what made me marry him. But I did meet his mom the first day. He was supposed to bring her to the airport. But, you know, some things happened when she couldn't come. And I met her on the first day. He had her waiting for her. Yes. Okay, so where's his father? His father is deceased. Okay. Yeah. He have any brothers and sisters? He have um t- uh two brothers and two two brothers. It's it's four of them all together. Two brother. He got two brothers, one sister. No, I think it's three brothers and one sister. It's five of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So have uh, so you are planning to bring him to the United States? We're not talking about that. No. Okay. No, he's so patient. He's not asking me. I'm not asking him. We just patient. Like he's just so comfortable where he's at. And he asked me when I was there, of course, because what the things that we went through, he had said he wanted to get on a plane and come back with me. He thought it was just that easy. Like he was trying to get processed to come back with me because, you know, he didn't know. And I didn't know either. But since he been back there and I've been here, I told him that I, I want to wait. And he know my situation from my ex-husband. So he's been very, very patient. 
very patient. Girl, only if it was that easy for them to just get on the plane and come Yeah, home. yeah. But no, honey, they, they got to make their money off this immigration process. They I mean, do. It's all about, it's all about money. Yeah, it is. And then a DAM thing, yeah, you already know the same, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but he tried to follow me going through the gate, you know, when you're going through the uh, actual ropes. His friend had to say, no, 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 you can't, you can't go that far. He was literally trying to follow me through the thing. And I'm just like, no. So it was a very sad moment. But yeah, we patient right now, but we was like, overexcited then. So I'm going to look over here. If we have any questions from. Yes, we do. Questions. Yes, we do. We have a question from Jahada. And Jahada is. Uh, said, how many languages does your ex-husband speak? Well, he only speaks his language in f- for French as of now, but at then, but as of now, he speaks too. He's very well at English now. So French and English now. Okay. And Jahad had another question. If he can't read or write English um, or in any other language, Say that again, I'm sorry. Um, if he couldn't read or write in English or could he read and write or any other language? No, I never seen him write the whole time we was married. Never, never seen him write nothing. Then the scratch that he did start learning, he learned it from me and it, was, it wasn't clear, so no. Okay, Tarsha has a question. What type of work does he do since he can't read or write? That's another good question. Um, he did Uber, he did Lyft, and he would call me every five minutes to ask me, you know, he would screenshot the actual phone and he would ask me and say, you know, wife, can you please help me? I'm stuck in the middle of nowhere. And he would learn Cleveland as he went, but customers would be complaining, saying that he didn't know where he was going. He was looking at the phone. He kept calling his wife on the phone. So he had a lot of different reports from Uber and Lyft and, you know, different, you know, apps that he was doing with driving because he could not read and they didn't know that he couldn't read. They thought it was just because he was African, but it was, I knew as a wife that he couldn't read. And that's why he would call me in the middle of a trip and be asking me to help him and sending me screenshots and screen records. Okay. Sharonda has a question. Are you planning on having any um, children with your current husband? Well, at this time, we have not spoke about it, and I don't want any more kids. I got four, and my saying is four and no more, so no, I do not want any more kids, and I told him that, and, you know, a whole nother story with that, but yeah, I don't want any kids, and he said he's he's good for now. He didn't say he don't want any, but he said as of for now, he's okay. All right, there is no further questions at this time. Okay. Um, there is one question that just came through from Michelle. How long have you been married to your current husband? We got married on September the 15th of this year. September 15th. September 15th of last year, you meant? Yeah, no, this year this year just this passed. year yeah yeah that's what i'm saying so last year september oh you mean okay Tw- we got married in 21 yeah because this is 22 yeah you're right 
You're right. Mm-hmm. My bad. Yeah. It seemed like it was recent year because the new year then came. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have a question from Timmy. And Timmy wants to know, um, does your current husband have any children? No, he does not have any children. Is that all the questions? Yes, it is. Okay, y'all don't have any more questions for Miss uh, Shalina? Okay, well, if we have no more questions, we are going to go ahead and close this interview out. Okay. Unless there is something else you want to inform or talk about before we close. Um, I would just want to, you know, put a disclaimer out there for us as queens and, you know, women. I just want to say, um, and, and I talk about this a lot, about the stereotyping and allegations against our African-American men don't allow, uh, or I would recommend to not allow what other people say and what they're going through in their marriage and their relationship to affect you and yours. If you and your heart using your discernment, if you got it, go by what you what you have going on in your household. Don't go by what someone else have, you know, have going on and don't look for things, you know, because if we look too much for certain red flags and we not seeing it, it can affect our mental status and it can affect a lot, you know, in our relationship. And we use allegations and all the stereotyping because men is going to be men, whether they're African or African American. And like I said at the beginning, they're going to be men. And it's up to us whether we want to let the African-American scam us. Like, like I said, they scam as well. They just do it here in the country or if we're going to let the African scam us. But we don't want either one of us to scam us. So we just need to use our discernment in all cultures, not just African men. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. So we have no more questions? Nope, none at this time. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, there is, uh, there is one from Timmy. Having uh, kids as an African, especially single man without kids, is very important. How do you intend to? How do you uh, how you intend to manage this? Oh, read that one more time for me. Okay, Timmy says having kids as an African, especially a single man without mm-hmm. kids, is very important. How do you intend to manage this? Do he really want my answer? (laughs) Well, me, myself, because I don't have nothing to lose and I'm not a very jealous type person. And um, it's in the Bible that I I would allow him to have a second wife. And that's something that I told him. And the reason that I feel that way is because I know that I'm older and I can't offer him anything, you know, later on down the line. And I want him to be happy. And the way he took care of me and the way he showed me the love that he do and the patience that he have, I'm willing to give him that opportunity and don't care what nobody think about it, but worry about what I think as a wife. And I'm willing to give him that opportunity if he ever decided he wanted to have kids. And I'm not a jealous person like that. And yes, I can handle it. I have enough strength to handle it. Yes. Girl, tell that man, 
tell that man to get him a baby over there in Africa because if he get one over here by these money hungry women in America, y'all gonna have some issues, honey. Thank you, child support <laughs> and all kind of other stuff. So tell him yes. to get one over there in Africa. I told him a Ghanaian woman. Yes, I did. Thank you for bringing that up because I told him a pretty Ghanaian woman. Yes, and I want me to have my house and I want her to have her house. That's how I was. Baby, to listen, y'all gonna have some yeah. issues. He get one by a yeah. woman over here. Exactly, baby mama drama and all kind of stuff. Thanks for mentioning because I told him a Ghanaian woman, and I went and I put a post on my Facebook about a couple that inspired me on how to do it. And I love my peace, so he can go back and forth between the households. I want her to have her own house, and I want to have my own. That's that's it. All right, we have a question from Michelle. Uh, did you get married on your first visit to your current husband? Yes. And I told him that I feel like if I wanted him to come over and I wanted to, you know, bless him because I seen the things that he was doing for his community and how hard he worked. He had his own business. You know, he had two businesses of his own. He do like so many different jobs and he work in a regular job. So I told him that, um, hold on, my brain freeze. Ask, ask that question and I had a brain freeze. Ask it one more time. Um, did you get married on your first visit to your current okay. husband? Yes, I did. And I told him that if he was doing all that, that I wanted to marry him because it wasn't, you know, for sure that I can come back over and I would want him to come over with me eventually. So I basically told him and not asked him and asked him if it was OK if we get married. And he said no at first because he was, you know, he, he he's new at it. You know, he's new at a lot. So then eventually, once we got going on into the two months, he went on and said yes. OK, we and have I, a question for Coretta. Coretta said, are you in Ghana now or do you plan on staying there in the future? Well, I believe in that. I believe in that saying that when they come over here to the United States, it changed them. And I seen my ex-husband change in a matter of less than a year. So, no, I don't want to I don't want to have him come over here. That's why I'm happy he's not in a rush. I feel like God is really working in our relationship because I don't want to go to Ghana because I don't like the the system of Ghana right now until they change some things but I was looking into a different part of Africa that I'm that I'm doing some research on that if we decided we wanted to go there I would go there but not Ghana at this time and he's willing to do it if we had to but I don't want to bring him to the states that's probably why we've taken so long <laughs> all right we have a question from Sarah um let's see here what does he do for his community when I was there, literally he was helping a lot of different people with their phones, like elderly people was having issues with their phone. He was very open to help people with their phone. He makes frames and pictures of people for weddings. He paints, he does construction. Um, he does uh, editing for pictures and videos. Um, he's a jack of all trades. Like I, I post a lot of stuff in my stories. This man, I know a lot of these Africans work hard, but this man does a lot for his community and his business and himself. All right, we have a question from um, Marnita. How does your family feel about your new husband being you have had a bad experience with your first African husband? Good question. My family was very open with him, especially the way he treated me with the things that I had go on in Ghana. And it was, you know, some, some serious stuff that went on and he was there for me. So I have two older boys. My son met him online on Wi-Fi, you know, on um on um on WhatsApp. And I got a video now where my oldest son has such a bright feeling and a smile on 
on WhatsApp before I even went over there. So for me to see my son have that smile and my daughter and my kids watching my stories and seeing how I'm, I'm posting him and how we engaging, they have not said anything and nothing to me is good news. I'm just watching their energy. So I believe all four of my kids is happy. Now my baby girl, she's jealous. So she kind of like trying to, you know, get it together. But my other three older kids, they, they love him and they show it by action. All right, there's no other questions at this time. Okay. Since there are no more questions, we are going to close this interview out. Thank you so much, Ms. Shalina, for allowing me to interview you. You're welcome. It has been a pleasure. And if you are an American woman and you are dating, engaged to, married to, divorced from, or have been scammed by a man from the continent of Africa, and you would like to be on our show, please send your request to info.thelamposhow at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, please go over and like our YouTube page, The Lampo Show Podcast. Subscribe there. We would greatly appreciate it. And also leave us a page review here. And you can also log on, log on to live.lapacatv, that's L-A-P-A-C-A, tv.com, and watch us on TV. And thank you so much. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.